Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Is not to hold you bound. Your imagination is to lead you to your future. Amen. All right, let's pray and then we can get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will go forth as we teach your word, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place through the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right. So, I, I really want to to focus on two aspects of the well-ordered life, but I'll start from, remember, uh, on Sunday, we did a contrast of two lives, the lives of Dr. Miles Monroe and the life of Methuselah. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27, which is an anchor scripture, we can go there, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 27, it says, prepare your walk outside. And make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then, build your house. Prepare your work outside. And make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then, build your house. The Good News Translation says, Don't build your house and establish a home until your fields are ready. And you are sure you can earn a living. Which means that there are seasons in life. You know, while I was getting ready for this message, I was listening to, 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 to a minister in Kenya, and he gave a very interesting story. He gave a very interesting story, which is a true life story. Uh, in Kenya, there was this rich man. He had a, a son who, uh, unfortunately, was on drugs. And there was this poor man who had a son, the son of the poor man and the rich man went to the same school. They, they started in the same school because the rich man's son didn't finish. Unfortunately, the rich man's son got hooked on drugs and the, the poor man's son finished as a pharmacist. And uh, the man kept building, kept going on, developing, opportunities opened. Uh, then this wealthy man passed on. Fifty years down the line, the son of the poor man bought, the, the son of the rich man started selling the assets of his father. So the, the son of the poor man, right, bought over the assets of this particular rich man. So in the space of about 45 to 50 years, the rich man's son ended up becoming what? You are not following my story. <laughs> the rich man's son ended up becoming what? The poor man. And the poor man's son ended up becoming what? The rich man. But that took about what? 45 to 50 years. True life story. It was what they put into those years that decided their end. There, there is no guarantee that you'll be successful to the end if you stop putting in the right things today. There's no... You know, life is not on cruise. I, early days of, of flying... I used to be scared of heights. And uh, so I used to be scared of flights. 
One of the things I know that can make you conquer fear is to read, is to just study about the thing. So I took very extensive time to study about airplanes, how airplanes fly, how airplanes are designed and everything and everything. And um, one of the things I know about airplanes is when you fly to a certain level, you can go on cruise. Although my, my mind does not want to accept it, it's true, but you know, just the fact that you feel like the pilot is holding everything gives you assurance to sleep. All right? But there's that cruise mode for the, for the airplane. Life does not function on cruise. You always have to be in charge. Today can be the day you go up. Today can also be the day you go down. It's the choice you make. Uh, are you following? There are no, listen to this, there are no permanent choices in life. Write that down. There are no permanent choices in life. Every day you have to make a choice. Right? You can't say, for instance, you can't say at the beginning of January 1st, I choose that I'm going to rejoice all the days of this year. It's beautiful, but that will only work for January 1st. When you get to January 2nd and you find something that doesn't make you rejoice, what will you do? You have to make another choice. So your first choice starts you out on the journey. That's why David says, this is the day the Lord has made our rejoice and be glad in it. Every day you get up, you have to make that choice. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, so what you put into life is what life will become. Uh, the Bible in basic English, BBA translation says, put your work in order outside and make it ready in the field. And after that, see to the building of your house. And we said four things here. We said, number one, this is what I talked about on Sunday. Understand the stage of life you're in and the priority of that stage. What stage are you in? If you are single, there is something uh, motivational speakers used to say. Uh, there's a context to it. They said, zero to 25 is your... Uh, what's it called? Your learning years. Learning. To learn. Right? Zero to 25 are your learning years. The years you used to learn. From 25 to 50 are your earning years. The years you earn. Right? And then from 50 to whenever you disappear are the years you give back. So when you should... You know, I mean, it's beautiful. We can use it motivationally that it's not too late to go to school. <laughs> but you know about your age now, they put you in primary school. You know that first of all, is where to sit down that will be the problem. Because all the chairs were not designed with you in mind. It's okay, you can go to school at any time. I'm not saying you cannot. But you know that if you go to school now, the first question is, which chair can this man sit? And people can come into the class and think you are the teacher. So when you overcome that mental barrier, the next question is, who will you play with? <laughs> are you what I'm saying? I mean, who will you play? It's okay, but who will you play with? <laughs> are you for, because part of learning is not, is not just that you learn ABC, Right? Part of learning is the interaction with your friends. The play. Now, who will be your friend? So, you realize that as much as we want to say we can, it's not too old to do certain things, there are seasons in life. You, you have to recognize that. And those seasons were built in. So, if you're single, there's a season. If you're married, there's a season. Even when you're married and your children are growing up, there's a season. When you're going into your old age, there is a season. David said, do not leave me when I'm old and gray-headed and I may declare your power to the next generation. He recognized that. 
I was studying this thing and it, it hit me so strong. Jesus knew when he was going to die and when he was going to resurrect. And towards the end of his message, uh, towards the end of his life, his message changed. He was preaching more about his death. Corn of wheat will fall. Sermon changed. It was no longer repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand was at the beginning of his ministry. At the end of his ministry, his messages prepared people for death, burial, and resurrection. There are things you should outgrow. There are things you should outgrow. Right? Even in your emotions, there are certain things you should outgrow. You should outgrow certain level of encouragement. You, you should you should outgrow certain level of motivation. Say, try, 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 be trying. It is where it is where you should have grown. At some at some stage in your life, some things should have been locked up. Glory to the name of the Lord. Are you still here? The importance of proper priorities. What are, what's proper priorities? And then if you get the order of your life wrong, you may struggle through life. Right? If you get the order of your life wrong, you may struggle through through life. So as we're talking about, let's say you decide to go for adult education. It might take you a bit of time. You might later graduate and everything and everything, but it's not going to be easy. Because by the time you go home, when all that you're doing homework, you have to cook for your husband. And if you are not careful, you have forgotten what they taught you. It will be a struggle for you. <laughs> it will be a struggle for you. Alright? It will be a struggle for you. And I'll tell you this, right? Certain things that you jump in your life, that you skip in your life, later they come back to... to right. I've never been a fan of mathematics. Never, never, never loved mathematics. Okay? But you just find a way to pass. You find a way to pass. You find a way. You just find a way. Somehow, it's 49, 49.99 and a half. You just cross. Right? You just make it. You see, but you realize that, for instance, you are teaching fraction. You just find a way to calculate fraction. Get the answer. Then you get to SS1. They teach you fraction. You now remember that. Ah, that fraction you didn't understand. <laughs> In primary six, you would have needed it. Then you now pass again. Then you go to SS3. They now bring fraction. Ah, when will you leave fraction? No. Even now, some of you are feeling heat. Like, let pastor not talk so much about fraction. Respect fraction. But you understand what I'm saying? You see, don't skip lessons in life. It's, it's a hard... It's a hard... It's, so I, I mean, it's a hard lesson for me also. Because I realized that some of the things I didn't pay so much attention to in school are the things I really need now. Because when, when you went to school, of course, they were subjects you loved. Right? And they were the ones you did not like. And most times you find out that the ones you did not like are the ones that were essential for your future. Now you like food and nutrition. <laughs> I just realized all the things they taught you food and nutrition, they are not even eating those foods now. Can you say? But mathematics, English, and all of those subjects. So you must l- approach life that way. What are the important priorities? And that is why um, educationally you have what you call uh, core subjects. Am I right? Am I right? 
Every department, every school has what you call what? Core subject. You know why? If they don't make those subjects as core subjects, nobody will choose them. Imagine you just go to school and they say mathematics is optional. See the joy in many people's faces. And they are, do you understand? So they have to make so in life, certain things are core, priorities. You can't escape them. Whether you like them or not, you have to build those things into your life. I will talk about two today. An honest evaluation of the season you're in and you know that you're not in competition with people who are in other seasons of your life. So somebody who is building his house and you're just buying your field, you're not in competition. Alright? You might be age mates, but you're not in competition with anybody. God's got a plan for your life. Amen. I was, I was reading the scripture this, this afternoon and I thought to just read it to you. I like the order with which Jesus stated it. Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. I just like the way Jesus said it uh, through Paul. Romans 13, 7. Render to all what is due them. Render to all what is due them. And look at the other. Tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Don't mix them up. If it's time to pay tax, it's not honor. Are you following what I'm saying? You can't go to the tax office and say, I fear you people in the name of the Lord. No, no, you can't do that. That's disorder. Are you following what I'm saying? So, listen to me. Your fear of God does not stop you from paying your light bill. Order means pay school fees to whom school fees is due. You don't speak in tongues in the principal's office. You don't go to the principal's office and say, Shalom, I celebrate grace. No, no, that's wrong order. You go to the principal's office and you show your receipts. You know, sometimes we take certain things into other areas and we wonder why it's not working. You don't celebrate grace in principal's office. You pay school fees. When you go to the tax office, what do you do? You pay your tax. You don't pay in tongues. What do you owe your landlord? Your house rent. First. Before giving him church invitation. Are you for the relationship between you and your landlord is not flyers. It's rent. That's why you are called a tenant. So you, mu- you see, in life you must understand there is order. What do you owe your employer? Diligence in the workplace. Diligence first before prayer meeting. You didn't go to your work to start a self-fellowship. When people should be working, say, I'm gathering them together to lift up holy hands to the Lord. No, your hands should be working. You must understand that. And, and you know, sometimes students miss this a lot. They go to school and they get involved in all kinds of things and they fail. And it's, a, it's, it's wrong priorities. Your primary duty as a student is to finish your course, I mean, as, as a, when it's possible, and get out of the school. I remember my younger sister was in Unibin, she was studying, and then she sent to me, she needed advice, what's happening, she said, oh, she's in this fellowship, she's in this department. I said, no, the departments are too much. Cut down. You have four years. Finish your course. Now that you are out, you can join anything you want to join. 
You have people in school who said because they were serving God, they failed. Wrong priority. And they almost use it as a testimony that you almost feel like failing. To show that you are really committed to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. Come on. Give tax to whom what? Tax is due. Custom to whom what? Custom is due. Fear to whom what? Fear is due. And honor to whom honor is due. So, when you sit down and analyze everything around your life, you ask yourself one question. What is due this person? And you prioritize that. So, you must have that order in your life. Time is a non-renewable resource. That means you cannot renew it. How we manage our time has, more, has a lot to do with the results we see in our life. Time management does not mean that one must stop working non-stop. It simply means that time should be budgeted, invested, and enjoyed in a balanced way. Successful people know how to manage their time. You know, uh, someone called me today and was telling me something, telling me something, and I knew that, that the story was going to be long and it wasn't really necessary. So I just told them, I don't have this number of time to be on the phone. Because I looked at the time, it was 20 minutes already, so I said, I don't have that number of time to be on the phone for such a matter. You know, I couldn't do that before, but I'm practicing the message. Because you cannot give some people that much time of your life to discuss things that are not relevant. It's 30 minutes going. It's 10 minutes going. It's 15 minutes going. We, we must learn to guard our time. See, everything God has given to you to change your life is time. Even if you want to use the word of God to change your life, you've got to sit with the word, read the word. See, the word of God you don't read cannot change you. And it's time to read the word of God. Um, I, didn't have, I don't have my calculations here, but I was just looking at how people have divided, how easy it is to complete the Bible. You just realize that we are not completing the Bible is not because we don't have time. It's because we're not prioritizing it. You know in less than 30 minutes you can read the book of Ephesians. We're not talking about studying, just reading. If you sit down in your house from morning to evening just reading the word, fellowshipping, snacking, going, you'll be amazed at how many chapters you will read. You can actually read the whole book of Genesis. Just read it because, I mean, it's almost stories, novels, Almost look like a novel, Abraham, marrying at old age. You just enjoy the thing and just flow. Right? We're doing one chapter of Proverbs every day. How many of you see how easy it is just to read that one chapter? And for some of you, after reading the one chapter, you are just like, Shoot, let me just enter the next one. How many of you feel like that? Yeah, you just, <laughs> nobody feels like that. Everybody just feel like, I'm done. <laughs> are, are you following this? See, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. All right, praise the name of the Lord. So, I was reading my Bible today, Exodus 20, 21. I've never seen this scripture before. Well, probably I've seen it, but it didn't make any meaning to me. But because of what I'm teaching, it made meaning. So, today I read Exodus. So, I want to share what I read with you. Verse 19. <laughs> It's interesting. God was giving them laws. How many of you remember I talked about God gave them laws concerning everything? Right? Everything. Right. So, look at verse 18. Exodus 21, 18. Interesting perspective of God about time. Look at what, what the Bible says. If men have a quarrel, Exodus 21, 18. If men have a quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fists, right, and he does not die, 
but remains in bed. So two people are quarreling, and one takes up the stone and stones the other person, but the person does not die. Right? Verse 19 says, and if he gets up and walks around outside on his staff, that means uh, maybe he was injured. Look at what the Bible says. Then he who struck him shall go unpunished. But he shall only pay for his loss of time. And take care of him until he is completely healed. Look at God's perspective. He says, if you quarrel with someone, and maybe you break his leg, and he's walking around with a stick. He says, they will not punish you, because the next one says, if you kill the person, they should punish you. He says, but you shall pay him for his loss of time. You, so you, you look at how God thought about time. Because the time that man is using to walk around with stick, he could have done something with his life. Can you see what God did there? He says you shall only pay him for his loss of time. The man lost time. Look at how God thinks. No wonder in the book of Ephesians, he says redeeming the time for the days are evil. Look at how God thinks. Who will ever think that God will charge another man to pay for the loss of time? That's how God thinks. And some of us just lose time. Some of them will say, don't worry, it's just time that is wasted. It's nothing serious. He says, it's just time. And after you go and meet somebody who promises to help you, you will sit down in the office for three hours, four hours. Three days. Four days. You have even told yourself, this man will be tired of seeing me. And your time is just going. Your life is wasting away. Hours gone. You know, sometimes we can get up in the day and look at the time and the whole day is unproductive. Just gone. Nothing tangible done in the day. It says, when you strike a man and he's walking on crutches, he says, on, on a stick, he says, you shall go on pony. He says, but you shall pay that man for the loss of his time. Some of us have friends that waste our time. Unnecessary stories that will end up nowhere. You should have a balance when you should relax, but you can't be relaxing all your life. Ten minutes you relax, ten minutes you relax, ten minutes you relax, there's a problem. They pay for his loss of time. That means the time that man could not achieve anything, pay him. And, 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 and you know, the Bible says, redeeming the days. Huh? Say, redeem the time. Buy back the time. To redeem time means to buy back. Say, the days are evil. Buy it back. Buy time. Use your life to buy time. You can actually compress five years into this year by what you do. Buy back time. Don't be casual with time. We are going to fast. We are going to pray. We are going to intercede. We are going to call that fire. We are going to call that rain. We are going to call that brimstone. We will call them things. But buy back, buy back time. There are books you should stay up reading. You don't carry this, that ignorance into the next month. There are messages you should listen to again. Praise God. As, are, you, are you here? Okay. Let me show you how God values order. Isaiah 38 verse 1. God wanted to kill Hezekiah. 
And he told him, I can't kill you with your house in disorder. Isaiah 38. Hmm? Verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him. Well, God gave him life, right? And said to him, Thus says the Lord. Hmm? Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Of course, then he interceded and God gave him life. And God blessed him with life. It's like God wanted to kill him. God blessed him with life. It was the other time when he now sinned that God rebuked him. But you know, the years he asked God for, <laughs> they were not good. At the end of his life, but look at what God is. He says, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Do you have your house in order? I know we don't like talking about will in this part of the world. I know we don't like talking about it because it looks like lack of faith. Hmm? You are married. You have money. The last, last, comma, last of king <laughs> that you feel was your younger sister because you opened the bank account when you were in secondary school. And it didn't cross your mind after 25 years of marriage that your last of kin is your younger sister. You now went home to be with the Lord. Some of you with few children, you have not given birth to. Say, I'm going to have six children. One will be Zephaniah, one will be Hananiah, one will be Kedekiah. Uh, let Kedekiah be my nest of kin for stand big. Let And children you don't have, spirit children are your next of kin. Very disorderly. No will. So when you die, it is, it is, it is fights. The woman who suffered with you, raised the house with you, no inheritance is given to her. Your children are the mercy of someone's goodwill. If you are here, go and write your will. I know you will live long. Write it in thanksgiving. Don't die and don't make people confused and be certain what should not be there. I mean, there are certain things that when people pass on should not even be a subject of engagement. When you pass on there, your family will emerge from nowhere, like men from the, from the south. Unknown family members. Come and kidnap your resources. Because there's no order. You have bank accounts that your husband has no idea about. Wife has no idea about. So you pass on and money goes to the government for free. Your labor of 30 years. Because you watch one film like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Men, sometimes take time to just explain. I know sometimes women don't like to pay attention. And women, start learning to pay attention. All this, uh, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, God forbid, but it. just ask, ah, the things, where are they? Point them. <laughs> are you hearing me? Sometimes I just tell my wife, I mean, she will not, but I just tell her, we have an investment here, this is what we're doing. I just give her an idea, at least. Have an idea where the bank is. You can start from there. <laughs> so they can bring you one million five. Say, check for your husband's name. He's somewhere there. 
You know, when, when, when people pass on, people cry for a lot of reasons. Some, it's not because the person has passed on. They just know that, hey! And they are crying, say, don't worry, it will be well. I say, it's not well. Say, it's not the man. They don't, like, at least, no idea. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So while your mind is still working, write your will. So they won't hold your hand and not write what you don't want. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so that it's changeable. When somebody misbehaves, you can look and say, Edith, Edith, that name. <laughs> Come on, are you hearing right? Now, I'm joking with you, but I'm serious. Get your house in order. Don't die and cause confusion. We shouldn't be praying some prayer points. You have two children, you have two property. If you want to give one the outside and one the inside, write it there. The outside belongs to this one, the inside. So that one can rent the outside and be put inside but there. You put your house in order. Is that okay? And if you are single, put a reasonable person as head of king. <laughs> Don't say blood is thicker than water. You now go and put your, your uncle who does not see money with his eye. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be reasonable. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I'll show you something, right? When Jesus was about to die in the book of John, you know what he did? He looked at his mother and said, John, this is your mother. And say, uh, Mother, behold your son. Before Jesus said, Eli, Eli. <laughs> My wife knows why I'm laughing. <laughs> Before Jesus said that, right? Jesus put his house in order. He didn't just give up and say, Mother, it's because of you I want to die. Don't worry, it will be well. Three days, it's just three days, I will come back. He didn't do that. He ensured that his mother was handed. Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus did not die without order. Put order into your life. Hoping that things will be better has never made anything better. You put action into making things better. Come on, are you following what I'm saying? So you put order. Ensure that your finances are... Well, do you have things that need to be insured? Do proper insurance. Hmm? These things might not look like they are, but do proper insurance. Something for your children's education, just put something aside. Just trade minimum insurance for them. Just have something aside for your kids. It might not be much, but have the right approach to life. Praise the name of the Lord. Have the right approach to life. Put your house in order. Glory to the name of the Lord. All right. So, two areas of your life that are very key that you need to put in order, outside of what we've talked about, is your spiritual life. Bring order to your spiritual life. Bring order. Spiritual growth does not happen by happenstance. Spiritual growth happens by deliberate action. In Mark 1.35, Mark chapter 1 verse 35, look at this. I'm just going to read the scriptures, okay? These are scriptures with, so put it up for me. Mark 1.35, it says, Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. In the early morning, Jesus got up. Why did Jesus not pray in the house? He had an order of prayer. He left the house to pray. If Jesus had this lifestyle, why would you not have it? When do you pray? When is your prayer time? 
You know, one of the things that has affected our generation so much is when we got into this charismatic thing and we began to talk about, which is brilliant, it's not bad, you know, as the spirit leads. Hmm? I, uh, I don't want to be legalistic. You realize you don't want to be legalistic. It's one year you haven't prayed. Have a prayer time. Let me show you some scriptures. Have a prayer time. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. Look at what Jesus did. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. He sent the crowds away and he went to pray. He went to pray. I have always told you this in, in our church here. What was Jesus praying about? He did not have a son who was stubborn. He did not have a wife that was disturbing him. He was not afraid of enemies. It means prayer is not just to get answers. Prayers is when you fellowship with God. See, let me tell you, your victory is in the place of prayer. As you're praying, God begins to put ideas in your spirit. God begins to put words in your spirit. God begins to comfort you. God begins to speak to you. Some of us struggle through life because we don't spend time with the Father. And you know what? We have the time. We have the time. Don't raise your hand, but there are some of, some of us that followed the World Cup hmm? for 28 days. I think it was one or two matches I watched because I had something I was doing that time. And since they were not going to give me money, what I was doing was more important. I know it's for fun, but see the diligence you applied. You have the, the map. Some have even predicted winners. If Argentina play this one, this one play this one. If they score two, but, and then it's calculating. Hmm? You stayed up, watched, stayed up, followed, stayed up. See, some of us are for the Premier League. Hmm? Diligence. You know when your club will play, you know the time. You read pre-match analysis. Then you read after-match analysis. Eh? Not bad, good. And you are going to do that for one whole season. Every Saturday, every Friday, every midweek, every Champions League, every Carabao Cup, you are just going to follow. Diligence. It's transfer market. You have are, you are subscribed to many newsletters. Even though at the end of the day, you all know who they buy. No. It's as the news is coming, as the rumor is coming, that's the excitement. Diligence. So it's not that you are a disorderly person. You are just ordered in things that don't matter to your life. So that's why your priorities will be important. You can follow all of that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just showing you that in the areas where you really have interest, you can apply diligence. Are you following this? Some of us follow football. And, and I know people who follow um, tennis. You know, sometimes I have gone to visit people who like tennis. And, you know, they're just watching all these guys. Roger Frederick and you. <laughs> 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 and I'm asking myself, so I was, and I said, this match is interesting. I said, I just see two men shouting and playing something. But you know, it's exciting for them. I remember one time I was in South Africa, I was in the house of our, one of our pastor friends, and you know, rugby is big sports in South Africa. Big. The day they were playing rugby match, the whole house was excited. Mean streets were packed. Ah, ah. You just saw people who, I just take off. I'm like, where is he running to catch? Hold him, hold him. <laughs> 
do you get? So because there is no interest. In this part of the world, we follow football a lot. In America, they follow basketball. Basketball is big deal. For, for, for us, they will say uh, basketball, what, what are they called, Seth? Tigers. Are they Tigers? Uh-huh. They say Tigers lost match. <laughs> Whether Tiger won or whether Tiger lose, I don't even know anybody that played for Tiger before. Boys are national team because they don't themselves. Are you hear what I'm saying? But if Super Eagles were to play, why am I giving you all these examples? Whatever you have interest in, you will find time for. If you don't have interest in prayer, you will not find time for prayer. But Jesus had interest, so he found time for prayer. Bring order to your spiritual life. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, as was his system, as was his order. Some translation says, as was his habit. What happened? He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Make attending church your habit. Make it your custom. Put it as part of your life. Put it as part of your system. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are things you should mark out. You know, when you mix anything in your habits, it's difficult. I have gone to nations to attend meetings where probably I didn't have anything. I remember one time I went to a particular nation to, to, to attend a meeting and I didn't have anywhere to preach that Sunday morning. See, to travel on Sunday is difficult for me. I will feel like I'm committing sin. I don't know how many of you have that experience. I just feel like I have to be in church. And you know, I, I have to say extra days just to attend the service. Because I just feel, yay, I need to serve God. I need to be in the house of God. The Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourself together as in the habit of some, as in the custom of some. Praise God. Are you still here? Luke five sixteen. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. So you've got to order your life, your prayer life. From 4.30 to 5, I will pray. Put it there. Put it there and pray. Look at um, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Look at this. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. What is the ninth hour? It's called the hour of what? Prayer. Listen, listen, listen very carefully to this. These were the disciples that Jesus raised. They did not say, well, Jesus had taught us. We don't need to go in the ninth hour. We can pray anytime. No, they went. They had the custom. They had the habits. Let me show you something. Go to Acts chapter 16. Go to Acts chapter 16 and um, let me look for it. Verse 16, I think. Okay, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Uh, Paul had finished preaching in, in, in um, Lydia hosted Paul in her house. Verse 16. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, Look at Apostle Paul. Going to what? The place of prayer. These people did not say because they had been with Jesus. 
They did not either go for prayer nor go to the place of... They had systems in place. What is the system you have for spiritual growth? What is your, reading, your Bible reading system? What's your listening to message system? How many? Every week I have a set of messages I listen to. Order, 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 order. What book of the Bible are you reading? Praise God. Prayers. I've got my prayer journal. I've got things I pray about every day. There are things I consistently pray about. When I'm praying, I open my prayer journal. I look at the things I'm praying about. I look at the people I'm interceding for. I carry my notes. I look. It's order. I don't just go into the place of prayer hoping that the Holy Spirit will remind me of the things to pray about. I have a system and then the Holy Spirit works with that system or without that system. But I have a system. Do you have a prayer journal? Right? Do you have a prayer journal? Where are your confessions for the year? I ensure that in all of my either my tablet, my phone, my laptop, I have my daily confessions there. I can take any of my gadgets and read my daily confessions. Right? Listen, you've got to bring order. You've got to bring order. Don't assume you will read the Bible. What will you read? I have a system I'm working on now. It's, it's, a, it's a six-month system to cover the Bible. So you read. So my personal goal is to read the Bible twice, cover to cover this year. First six months and then second six months. Don't leave that to chance. Have a system. So you mark. Have a reminder in my office. I've got a reminder with me. Don't just assume you will feel like reading the Bible. There are days you will not feel like reading the Bible, but those days you have to follow the system. So build um, a system for your spiritual life that is trackable, that is manageable, that you can hold yourself accountable to. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? This year, I have all the months that I would fast in the year to the end of the year. I have my fasting months. The length of times I want to fast. I'm not leaving that to when I feel. Or I'm not leaving that to when God summoned me to fast. No, it's a good spiritual exercise and I put it there. How, when I'll do my prayer campaigns, my prayer rally, you have to be clear about that. You're not going to grow by chance. You're not going to grow by feelings. You're not going to grow by emotions. You're going to grow by systems. Are we clear on that? Are we good on that? Alright, number two, Two, two key things I want to talk about tonight. Number two is your finances, your money. And this is very important. Put your finances in order. Put your finances in order. You know, Paul wanted to ask the, the saints for contribution to the saints in Jerusalem. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. And look at what Paul said to them. You know, this issue of money, a lot of balance needs to be brought into it. Look at what Paul said to them. On the first day, look at verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do also. So Paul talked to these two churches about contributing to the saints in Jerusalem. And verse 2 says, on the first day of the week, each one of you is to put aside. Everybody say put aside. I didn't hear that. Say it one more time. Put aside. Put aside and do what? Save. Put aside and save 
as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. Can you see order? Paul is saying, I want to take some money. I want us to give some offering to help the, the churches in Galatia. Sorry, the church in Jerusalem, Galatia and Corinthians. I want you guys to give. Now, because I want you guys to give, this is what I want you to do. On the first day of every week, as the Lord had prospered you, put something aside and save. So that when I come, it's not when you go, ah, how much will I give? Hey, Jesus, Paul, you came at the wrong time. No, he says, do it. That's why, sorry to say, I love you with all my heart, for the love that Jesus has given all of us. That's why some of you give crumbs. Because you don't prepare your offering. It's when you see Tony with buckets. Hush! Where's that? Ah, where's that 200? Hey. So all your Christian life, if we are to print your bank statement of giving, 200, 100. 150, 50. 200, 100. It's the last change remaining that you give to God. No planning of your offering. Hmm? That's why anyway, collecting the... the, the the articles for the tabernacle. You know what God says? Announced to them. And as many as the Lord stayed, they came back the next day. Sometimes this horrid offering we train people with is not the best way to give to God. As you prepare to buy a car, as you prepare to buy shirts, as, pre- <laughs> as you prepare to buy hair, uh, artificial one. <laughs> you know, prepare your offering. I wish I had my, um, my diary here, my year diary. Every month, I wrote it down, my offerings, my offerings. I remember what I gave this month. Oh, I've given this month. I've given this month. Not tithes. I'm talking about offerings. Save. Put aside. This was how Paul told them to handle money. Put aside and Save. Towards a goal, towards a purpose. So bring order into your finances. Look at First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. I'm just trusting God to give me very strong grace to be able to pass this message across to you. And listen to this message again. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. Look at what it says. Hmm? If anyone, uh. Let me, let me say this, alright? Just give me some time. Let me say this. Let me say this. There is a welfare system of the church. Pay close attention so you don't misunderstand me. There is a welfare system of the church that is not very biblical. And there is a giving mindset we have that is not very biblical. And maybe when I'm teaching on giving and receiving, I'll deal with it. You see, we have been forced by society, Right? To just give to the needy because we, f- we just feel like if somebody is in need, when you give, God will bless you. There is a giving that does not empower. Let me, let's read, let me read. Go to First Timothy. Let me read so maybe you understand. Verse 3. It says, Honor widows who are widows indeed. The word honor here is talking about giving them finances, blessing them, right? First Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. Verse 3. Honor with those who are with us indeed. What does Paul mean by this? The indeed, you see a semicolon there. So he's trying to explain now what he means by that. Now go on. He says, But if any widow has children, 
or grandchildren. He says they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents for this is acceptable in the sight of God. Look at what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, the church is not responsible for widows who have children. He says their children's religiosity must first be practiced in honoring That is what his Bible, look at it. They must first learn to practice. So, your practice of religiosity is that you support your own family. It's not the responsibility of the church. That's why it says the widows we are to honor in church are widows who are widows indeed. I can't tell you how many people leave the church because they didn't give them money. You know, because for us, once somebody comes, just close one blind eye and say, sorry, God, we bless you. God, and, and people ask all kinds of funny questions. Can I give my tithe to, to cripples? Can I give my tithe to blind people? Can I give my tithe to... And, and all you're trying to do is just to feel that when I help somebody who is, you know, who needs help, then I have... No, there is a place for that. If you study giving the, the way the Jews gave... God gave them portions for each of that. Your fight, your offering, and look at what the Jew says. He says, when you receive, when you, it was an agricultural society. He says, when you glean your fields. He says, don't glean the edges. He says, leave that for the poor. Listen carefully. I don't know why I'm teaching this, but to help somebody. Listen carefully. That was what um, Naomi and Ruth got. Right? Now, listen carefully and don't miss this. Why did the Bible say leave the corners of your field? Why didn't he say go and just give to them? It is because even though that man is poor, he needs to learn work ethic. So you will reap and leave the corners of your field. Then he will come from his own house. Right? And do what? Until. That is why um, Ruth and Naomi, they had to go to the field. Then look at what um, 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 Boaz told the reapers. He says, intentionally leave some so that she will do what? She would glean. Put it in 21st century context. That your brother you want to help. Eh? Give him bucket and soap to wash the car. You know car wash is maybe 2,000. You are going to give him 20,000. But in the process of that 20,000, let there be work ethic. That is when you are pleasing God. This one, you are distributing money like somebody who is a delegate in Asorok. Eh? You, you, in your mind, people are praising you, but God is not happy with you. That is a giving that disempowers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you're not here, but you're hearing Look at what he says. He says, five. He says, now she who is a widow indeed and who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers night and day. Look at what he's now saying. He says, the widow we ought to help has a godly lifestyle. There is a godly lifestyle to it. But she who gives to one's own pleasures is dead, even while she prescribes these things as well, so they may be above reproach. Then he now says, But if any man does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. That means, listen to me, child of God, you have the responsibility of providing for your house. It should be a responsibility. Are you hearing? See, one of your financial goals as a single is to be able to live and provide for yourself. That's your goal. 
That's why it says, prepare your wall before you build your house. You are in relationship and you are sharing money that is not enough. And you don't know if you are going to get married. Say, we're watching it. No, keep watching it. Hmm? <laughs> Look at it. He said, a widow is to be put on the list. This is just list too. A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not less than 60 years old. Having been the wife of one man. Eh? Imagine we type this out. <laughs> we'll go on Facebook as bad church. Having a reputation for good works. And if she has brought up her children, that means you qualify for welfare if you have raised your children well. If she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has watched the, the saints' feet, if she has served the believers, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work, look at the qualification, just one verse. Then he says, but refuse to put younger widows on the list. He says, refuse them. For when they see sensual desire, they say, they want to get married. This is very simple. Because they are said a paper first. Verse 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle. Hey, church is not giving you money. Why will you work? Look at that. They go around from house to house. Not merely idle, but also gossips. And busybody talking about things not proper to mention. Therefore, I want younger widows to get married and bear children. Keep house. And give the enemy no occasion for it. That means don't worry. Go and marry again. And give birth. And be occupied. Some of you give idle people money. God is not happy with you. Every money that passes through your hand, you are accountable for it. Ask the person, what are you using this for? It's tough. But it's part of putting your financial house, what? In order. It is gross prescription. There's a place of helping the poor. There's also a place of it. And you know, sometimes when you do this, it seems as you don't have love. This is true love. It's the love that prevents people from self-destroying their lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Are we, are we, are we talking scriptures here? Right. Hmm? So, Matthew 25, 27. Matthew 25, 27. Parable of the talent. You know what the parable is, right? Parable of money. I've told you before, that talent is not gift, it's not ability, it's money. Matthew 25, 27. He says, when the, 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 the one he gave one talent, he says, Then ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Jesus said, at least, the least you should do is put your money in the bank. He encouraged you to save your money. He said, at least, that little interest will come. See, you will not have all the years to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Savings is not the issue of the amount. It's the habit. How many of you had parents who did this uh, thrift collector? Daily collection. How many of you had parents like that? Eh? Yeah. Huh? Eh? That person will come and carry... Uh, <laughs> you want to hear from my mouth? <laughs> That's the Greek word for thrift collection. <laughs> All right. eh? What were the parents doing? 100 naira every day. 100 naira every day. 100 naira every day. At the end of the year, that's the money that sent you to school. A trader with no education paid your school fees. You with education cannot pay your child's school fees. 
Why? You're on Netflix. Or your WhatsApp status. Any movies for the weekend, DM. They, and you know you have all your friends that watch movies. Yeah, heroes party. Party heroes. Part two. Part three. You are just there. 4,000 on data. So let me just relax. Convert your house to cinema. You are just busy. Boom. Boom. People are just hearing noise. Only you. Increase the volume. You put the base. Yeah, you are enjoying life. 4,000 times 12. Hmm? Data. Just watching comedy. Just laughing. Watching comedy. Laughing. Watching comedy. Checking people who are eating food. Following your favorite social media influencer. Showing you shoes of his picture, uh, pictures of his shoes. You don't have money. You don't have. Some of you have come back from the village. Now everything you worked for in 2022... Down the drain. You are starting afresh. Because every year you say, it's a fresh year for me. Money gone. <laughs> and Jesus said, you ought to have some money in the bank. And you know, some people deceive themselves. There's no interest in the bank. Save it. Save it. Learn the habit of saving. From the little you have. Learn to save. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. And learning that habit means that you don't break into your savings emotionally. Because for some of us, it's not like we don't save, but we save and break. Say, I have something in my savings, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Say, what is life self? Are you saving it? Boom, gone. What is life self? Gone. What is life self? Gone. It's a habit, it's a restraint. And sometimes you also have to watch when God has started prospering. Because sometimes when God has started prospering, you feel that, you realize that maybe you used to live on a salary of 100,000 a month, right? You know, like when it's, of course, I know there's inflation now, so I'm not, I'm not, um, how do I put it? I'm not unaware of what's going on with, with but I mean, at the end of the day, just save. Find a way to save. It can be a thousand naira a month. Just learn it. You know why? Because the scripture says that if you're not faithful in little, you will not be faithful in what? In much. Jesus had a financial system. John 13, 29. You know why I talked about order, spirit, um, order and the, the, the spiritual order and financial order? Because I realized in the life of Jesus, there was a financial system. Do you realize the only position Jesus had was a treasurer who kept the money? For some, when, John, uh, when Judas left on the last supper, he says, for some were supposing because Judah had the money back, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we have need of for the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. So Jesus had a system. The system was so known to the people that when Judas stood up, this is what they thought, that Judas was going to buy something. Listen to me, child of God. Have a financial system in your house. Where, which money is going for markets? Who is handling it? How is it being handled? Who is taking charge of the school fees? What money is being separated? Don't, don't treat, you know, you must have an abundant mindset, but at the same time, you must have a practical mindset to finances. Hmm? Some of us, if we print out our account statement now, the only deduction is airtime, 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 two, five, three, five, airtime, two, five, three, five. You know, one time I did that, and I saw that with my own <laughs> my own account said, I had to cut down. You know, Brother Higgins said that he did not understand 
why this generation made long distance calls like that. I mean, and sometimes in the office, they have to put a pause. You know, one, one time, um, an economic recession was coming on America. The Lord told Brother Higgin, he says, cut down on the outreach. He's cut down on a couple of things. And he says, drop some staff. And it was tough for him, but he went to them and said, well, the Lord said, we, we should do this. So that the ministry can go through that season. Praise the Lord. How many of you coming into the church saw the painting? Right? How many of you realize the church is being painted? The money we're using to do this painting, we started saving it four years ago because we knew we're going to paint now. That is why you didn't hear, praise the Lord, five people to give us 5,000, seven people to give us 8,000 as we're painting the house of God, as the color is coming, your life will be coming. You, you, listen to me, listen to me. Second Corinthians chapter, lay aside and save. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we can do things in this ministry the way we did it, the way we've done it. When we're building TCC, contributions towards TCC was 10%. 90% came from what we have laid aside. I was telling Pastor Mary, I said, in next so, 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 and so year, we're going to change our rug in the church. There's a project for that. There's a planning for that. There's a saving for that. One day you might just come to church and discover we have new rug. Don't say that's why I like this church. <laughs> But do you understand what I'm saying? You have to put, and it's not just for organizations, for your life. And most times, Christians don't pay attention to these little details. Favor does not cover foolishness. Favor does not cover foolishness. When the favor of God came upon Joseph and Joseph became a prime minister, how many of you remember the wisdom Joseph gave to the Egypt, to the, to the prime, uh, as a prime minister in Egypt? He said, save. He said, because seven lean years are coming. You know, for some of us that have abundance in the... You know, the last years have been difficult for people. You know why it's been difficult for people? People were not ready for COVID. Right? No, nothing laid aside. And then Russian-Ukraine war started. Inflation hit. So the last four years have been tumultuous for people who were not ready. Darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness. It says, but light will arise upon you. That light also speaks of insight and understanding. Hmm? So you sit down. How much is my salary? What can I afford? What can I do? How can I work on this? Alright? Uh, quickly. Quickly. Um, Ecclesiastes 5.11. Give me the New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes 5.11. Praise the name of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 5.11. He says, The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Write this scripture down. Don't ever forget it. This is something you must watch for. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So sometimes you will just have money and you will see it slip through your fingers. I've always told you this, that takers do not have a budget, givers must have. Hmm? When you look at the prodigal son, the Bible says, um, Luke 15, 14, now he had spent everything. That language must not be associated with you. Spending everything. Spending everything. Learn it. 
Study if you have to. Ask for help. Ask, ask to be accountable. I am, I am very glad, especially when it comes to ministry, I learned, I, I learned, let me tell you this, I learned fina- financial ministry operations from the Orthodox Church, not the Charismatic. The Orthodox, you would hardly hear them talk about money, but you would see their project just going. Because the Orthodox does not believe in splashing money everywhere. You know we can, we can decide to do a program now and say, and go and put that. Our decorations costed us one million. You know, you know Pentecostals are like that. We can just decide that our light is imported from Britain. That is our joy, that the light crossed from another country. And, and so, we, we, we boast in being extravagant, but not very wealthy. Check how many Catholic institutions, how many Catholic churches, got schools, got hospitals, got event centers, got hotels. But we can say our national convention, we spent three million. And part of that three million is that we bought flowers to throw for the guest speaker, like coming to America. We honor grace. We celebrate grace. Flower, 500,000. Hmm? And when you are used to that, you are like that too. That's why you use 1.5 million to buy candles on your birthday to blow out. <laughs> 1.5 million gone. See, this candle came from London. I don't have a problem if that's the way you want to live your life. I'm just telling you that when your money increases, there may be many people who encourage you to blow candles like that. Many people in your life are there to help you spend your money. Very few people are there to help you conserve your money. God has blessed you for us. Why did God not bless you for us? And that's why your giving has to be structured. And let me tell you something. If your giving is not structured, you might not give to the right people. You will give to those who are very persistent in asking. Some of you just realize that for a whole, if you, if you don't structure your giving for maybe a whole year, you might not even give something worthy to your parents. You just realize you didn't give something worthy to your parents. But there's somebody somewhere you have given 600,000 and the person has come with stories. Even your spiritual leader, you haven't given something quality. But you realize that if I was here begging every day, Hmm? I was sending you text after preaching. I celebrate God's grace on your life. It's a new year, new things will happen. Don't forget your man of God. As you remember your man of God, God will remember you, your tears. You know, when you get all those texts, uh-huh. and, and sometimes when people beg you, you feel like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they know, they know you. They'll just hail you, hail you, hail you. And call you. You block that number, they bow on that number and call you. Say, uncle, is me. Say, you again. Say, yes, sir. <laughs> Have a structure. Have a structure. Sometimes that's why God does not even speak to us to give. Because we don't have anything lay aside to obey his instruction. Praise God. There are times, I've, I've just maybe going through social media. I mean, I've done it several times. There are times I'll be going through social media, somebody will be running something, somebody will be running something, and then the Lord just speaks to me, be a part of that, pay for that. I have paid for programs that I don't know the people. 
But the Lord can trust me with that because I have something laid aside to give. I remember just last month, someone wrote a very good book. And uh, the Lord just spoke to my heart, buy a few copies, just let the person distribute the book, just be of a blessing. And I did that. Because I had something saved aside to obey the Lord. And I've explained to you here, for some of the people, I've explained to you, we do have a giving account where everything we give is put on that account. We give depending on what we want to give and the money is there until the Lord instructs us where it should go to. So we have something set aside. Percentage of our income strictly for giving. You have to have a structure. Not that one bank account. That's where you buy things from. That's where you... And sometimes you just look at your money and say, where is the money? Where is the, and you just see the alert from 100 to 0. And then you look at your house. You can't find it. And it's easy to blame inflation. Come on. Is it easy? Ah, things are expensive. When you go to market, you cannot buy anything. If you like, keep telling yourself. That one day you go to market and they will drive you. If you like, don't plan your life. <laughs> are you still here? Alright. One who is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. Luke 16.10 Faithful in little, faithful in much. Write these, four, these five principles down and then we're done with this. But come on, how many of you are going to put your financial life in order? Right. Hmm? Put your financial life in order. This year you might decide not to buy more clothes. Just use the ones you have. Hmm? This year you might decide not to buy more things. Just use what you have. Number one, know your financial capacity. Know your financial capacity. What is my financial capacity? And let me tell you this. People always assume that you have more money than you have. Oh. They, they, people think you are rich. It's you that is thinking you are poor. Harry. You know people think that you are rich. When you not tell them, I'm in Bonnie, say, hey. <laughs> Sometimes we'll be tempted to tell some people, oh yeah, come. You know, some people actually think that because I'm a pastor, Right? So, when the tithes come, as we close today, all the offering, as we are going, they'll just say, open pastor's boot and put People just think that way. Eh? Or sometimes, I just write a report. We had a very great time in Kenya. We, we just had a blessed time. We say, ha! Honorarium has arrived. I mean, the team that followed me to Kenya, I had to tell them some things. I was telling them something. We went to a region to, pray, to preach in Kenya. I won't mention the name. We went to a region to preach in Kenya. We, we, we had to buy fuel in the car and the person drove us just for free. We had to buy fuel in the car to drive there to preach. We spent 5,500 Kenyan shillings to put fuel in the car. And when we're coming back, uh, the man was so generous, good, good, blessed, blessed person, blessed person. Right? They gave us 2,000. Even if you're maths, even if you failed maths, <laughs> if you plot that one, you profit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when you hear that we had a great meeting, the great meeting is spiritual. And some people just feel like maybe you toss down. Wow. You are blessed. So people think you are rich. You are richer than you are. Don't also deceive yourself. If they are deceived, don't deceive yourself. Sometimes you need to be honest with your family members. I don't have as much as you think I have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, sometimes when you even take your family on vacation, they don't know that that vacation you have gone to, it will take you sometimes two years to recover. 
So they just see of is 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 an investment on your family, but that investment, the dividend is emotional. It's not financial. How I many of you understand saying going on vacation is 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 an emotional investment? Oh, your wife is just all smiles. Oh, I remember the last time. Children are just happy. Wow. Oh, Children are just wondering when can we go back? You gotta be my my friend. Be careful. <laughs> so that this thing will not turn to quarry. It's an emotional bonding investment. But financially, you might need to pause to go back. Do you understand? To recoup that, that investment in terms of finances. So know your financial capacity. Number two, don't live above your means. What can I afford? What can I do what? Afford. Praise God. You know, one time... <laughs> I watched a friend of mine, he bought an LED screen in his church, and I kind of like it. So I asked him, how much was it? So he told me the price. So I told him, don't worry. He said, should I contact, should I give you the seller's number? I said, no. There's no, there's no need to have the number of what you are not buying. Are you? <laughs> because these marketers are very sweet-tongued. They say, oh, don't worry, you're credit worthy, just have it, uh, you can pay instrumentally, then you now, it's after you have carried it, you now realize that instrumentally is every day they'll be calling you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are times you go to some shops to just expand your mind. I was in Lagos a few, few, few last month, one, one, pastor, one of my pastor friends came to me and said, let's go to a shopping mall. So we went to a shopping mall. So we're walking around. So he said, ah, he wanted to show me where they sell some shoes. So I went there. And I saw one canvas shoe. I don't know what the name is. So I saw 159. So I thought it was 15,900. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, How much is that? I said, Is it 15,900? Actually, I was thinking about my son. So he said, No, it's 159,000. So I said, Where is the door? <laughs> Where is the door? He said, Don't you have faith? Yes. It's faith and patience that inherits the promise, not faith and foolishness. So you buy a show of 159,000 at this stage of your life to go where? Where are you? Where are you going to? Even if you were dying that day, your family will not agree that you take that shoe to the grave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there are some things you see on Instagram, you just see the price, you, you go to next slide, next slide, next slide, next until you find your space. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't live above your means. <laughs> That's why as couples, you must come into agreement. You must not have one partner that likes high-end things and one that is frugal. That one is, is yoking two oxes that are not equal. And the Holy Spirit forbids it. Have the same contentment when it comes to finances. Avoid death by all means. Please avoid death by all means. Avoid death by all means. Don't know. One policy we took in our house very early when we were getting married, we will not be in debt. There were times we had to go without food. There were times we had to go without certain things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't make it convenient for you to owe. You see all these loan apps, how they are embarrassing people for timing and then they put your name out there. Not necessary. Beware of get-rich-quick schemes. Proverbs 13.11 and Proverbs 28.20 He that makes haste to be rich and not be innocent. Don't throw your money away. 50%. Eh? MMM. Give us 100,000. We'll pay you with somebody who will give you 200,000 and then pay yourself into trouble. Alright? Take it easy. Wealth 
is gradual. Proverbs 13, 11 and Proverbs 28, 20. Then, fifth, the last, did you, did you get all of that? Know your financial capacity. Do not live above your means. Avoid debt by all means. Beware of quick, get rich quick schemes. Number five, learn the principles of what? Frugality. If you don't have that book, let me have that book. If you don't have that book, Wealth and Increase is compulsory textbook in this church. Everybody, if you don't have it, ensure that when you're coming on Sunday, you have a copy of it. And if you're listening to me, look for a way to get the book. All right? Ensure that you have this book and read it this month, this wisdom month. Wealth, prosperity and increase, the missing link. Right? There's a chapter on frugality here. It's 1,005. So ensure, if you don't have this and you're a member of the church, make sure this is your goal and get it on Sunday and read it. There are some things I would like to teach on finances that are already in this book. Okay? Learn the principles of frugality. Avoid waste. In John chapter 6, verse 12, Jesus said, gather the fragments. You know, sometimes I go through this church up and I'm putting off lights. I'm putting off air conditioning. Right? Let me tell you, there's no, pros- there's no prosperous man who doesn't think frugality. Hmm? You know, sometimes you just feel, oh, because you can afford it, just waste it. It's, it's not the mind of prosperity. Put off your light when you are not there. Especially for some of us in this path that God has blessed us with light by His grace. Put off your light. You're living in your room. You just, you're living to go to work. You're just on the AC. That I want the place to be chilled. When I come back. Why don't you go and rent a space in the mortuary? Since you like chill things. You will now leave light from what? Morning till five. That's not good. That's not good. That's not a prosperous mindset. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be frugal. Don't waste food. Don't waste things. So Jesus buys things, oh, I don't like it. I don't like the taste. You throw it away. It's not this. If Jesus would say, gather the fragments, who are you to throw away the fragments? Can you imagine the twelve disciples walking through the field, picking fish? Oh, that's bread there. That's fish there. Pick it. And Jesus was supervising them. Twelve baskets. Gather the fragments. The fact that you have money to buy something does not mean you should buy it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you buy the thing, it's not sweet. Finish it. Next time, you will not. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for the word. Thank you for the wisdom you're sharing with us today. I'm asking that you would help us in the area of our spiritual life to be orderly. And in the area of our finances, Father God, there's a lot of wisdom we require. We pray that you would help us with it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, while we're getting our offerings ready, uh, I just want to find out, is there anyone who is worshipping with us for the first time? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email. Info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.